Uh, my name's David Green. Uh, I'm head of the class action department uh, in Edwin Co. Uh, and I'm senior partner of the firm. I want today to talk about shareholder rights and potential claims that shareholders may have in relation to misinformation given to the market, uh, either on purchasing shares or holding shares. The first subject I want to deal with is Section 90 of the Financial Services and Markets Act. And this is about prospectus liability. Um, so, uh, as we know, when a company comes to the market, uh, it issues um, an IPO or a prospectus uh, in order to um, attract uh, potential shareholders and investors. And of course, the company is trying to raise the price of the shares as much as possible. Now, in doing so in that prospectus, Perhaps not all the information is absolutely correct uh, and indeed uh, may, uh, as I have seen in the past, be simply untrue. Uh, and um, what rights do shareholders have in those particular circumstances? Uh, investors purchasing shares on the basis of a prospectus uh, have rights uh, under Section 90 in relation to any untrue or misleading information provided within that prospectus, but also omissions. And we can come back to that subject. Section 90 has uh, a long history going back to Victorian times uh, and uh, has a long history in terms of the precedent set by the courts. But even so, it's not used that often uh, by shareholders uh, and there are particular reasons for that. But if there is an untrue or misleading statement in the prospectus or even an omission, Section 90 provides quite wide rights for shareholders. And indeed, wide rights, not just about the prospectus, but about the persons who are responsible for it. In particular, um, Section 90 provides that um, those who are responsible for uh, the prospectus, such as directors or sponsors, can have liability. And that's often quite important. Obviously, it doesn't matter in relation to Royal Bank of Scotland, but often you find that the company that you are chasing has actually gone into liquidation or some form of insolvency. There's nothing there. And therefore, you're looking at other parties who might have responsibility. Most importantly, those include directors and sponsors and also potentially reporting accountants. Directors is good because you'd be looking at the question of their insurance and also reporting accountants because they'll be insured against negligence or, or problems that they have in relation to their responsibilities for the prospectus. Reporting accountants have a particular role in relation to a prospectus and usually they're confirming the audited accounts, the last audited accounts, and also confirming that nothing has changed or pointing out the changes since those audited accounts before the prospectus is issued. Uh, now, in those circumstances, if those figures are wrong in some way, there's misinformation in relation to income or assets, something of that nature, uh, then in those circumstances, the reporting accountants might have responsibility to investors invested on the basis of those figures. Quite important for, for those um, wanting to use Section 90 is that um, there is no reliance provision. You don't have to have relied on the prospectus. Indeed, one might even say you don't even need to read the prospectus. And that's very often the case with uh, retail purchasers of shares. Um, they may work on the basis of some recommendation from Investors Chronicle, Financial Times, or the, or the Mail on Sunday uh, before buying their shares. That, that should be sufficient. 
and it's a really strong provision of section 90 and often used. Having dealt with section 90, uh, I'm now going to turn to section 90A of the Financial Services and Markets Act, and this is often referred to as open market claims. There are some advantages to it, but some disadvantages to it. And it mainly comes from the European Directive some years ago, so it's a relatively new provision, but doesn't actually see itself used that much in court proceedings. The only case we can think of at the moment is the Tesco case, which settled, uh, but uh, it doesn't get that much of a run out. So Section 90A of FISMA is all about untrue or misleading statements or indeed omissions of information given to the market. And this could include publications such as annual reports, interim results, uh, or indeed uh, any information given by a recognised information service such as the RNS. The reason we do not see many claims under Section 90A is because of the hurdles that investors have to overcome. Uh, and, and those hurdles include reliance. So this is all about information given to the market. And that information can be given in several ways. Annual reports and accounts, interim results, or indeed simply information given through a recognised information service such as RNS. One of the first hurdles under Section 90A is reliance. Uh, and by this, the claimant has to prove that they relied on the relevant misleading or untrue information or omission in deciding whether to buy, hold or sell the securities. Now, in the normal market, that's quite difficult to prove that reliance specifically and is a hurdle that needs to be overcome. The second problem is who can you sue um, for um, this liability? And it's the company. Now, that's fine with someone like Tesco, in a case which settled, uh, but it's much more difficult with a company perhaps that doesn't have much in the way of assets. And for shareholders, there's often a debate about whether they sue the company in which they have shares um, because um, that claim is likely to have an effect on the price and it's a difficult choice to make. I think we will see more of Section 90A moved uh, in, in the future but at the moment it's rarely used. We've looked at Section 90, we've looked at Section 90A uh, and there are two further possible remedies that um, investors might look at in relation to damages suffered uh, as a result of information given to a market or otherwise. And these are derivative actions and unfair prejudice claims. Derivative actions uh, are provided for under the Companies Act, uh, Section 206, uh, and that provides that the derivative action may be brought through the company. And it's, remember, it's a company claim, and the shareholder wanting to bring a derivative action is effectively bringing it for the company. And those claims tend to be against directors. Where we see derivative actions in practice will tend to be small companies and are very often related to falling out within almost a quasi-partnership between directors. And one director is unhappy about what other directors are doing, uh, but also uh, happens to be a shareholder and wants to bring a derivative action. Now that's the normal circumstance in which we see derivative claims.
What is important about a derivative claim is that it's a claim on behalf of the company, and therefore the remedy is given to the company, not to the shareholder who brings the claim, uh, but to the company itself. So there must be company rights. But it's quite important in those smaller companies where, for instance, there's an argument between directors or one director and, and several other directors. The final element of the package that I want to uh, talk about today uh, is unfair prejudice claims. Now, unfair prejudice claims are brought under Section 994 of the Companies Act uh, and are quite widely used. It's an old piece of law uh, that has developed over many years. There are some drawbacks to Section 994 uh, claims, um, and in particular, the remedy. Because the remedy is usually that an investor's shares are bought out, or the investor has to buy back shares from other investors. And the problem with that remedy is one never knows, first of all, is how the court will conclude, and secondly, is the price that one will put into that deal. So we do unfair prejudice claims uh, from time to time, uh, but uh, we do like to make sure that investors understand the procedure and the consequences before launching ourselves down that line. So if you are an investor, if you've lost the value of your investment or some part of it as a result of the wrongdoing of someone else, whether it be the company, directors, other shareholders, uh, there are remedies uh, open to you uh, and we're here to assist you, to give you some guidance about the route that you might want to take in particular circumstances, whether that is a huge multinational company, question on stock exchange, or, or indeed a small company, uh, perhaps almost a quasi-partnership. There are routes for you and we're here to assist you.